No weeks off. No weeks off. No. Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi, uh, we'll guarantee you this much. There will always be a show. And for the most part, you'll always get the two of us idiots. Guaranteed, I think, to get one of us for sure. But welcome to the final week of 2021. The last show of 2021 on Honorado and Bagnardi. Bags, how was your Christmas? It was good, man. Um, the thing is, we're already in 2022, if you're watching on my four. It's New Year's Day. Happy New Year to everybody out there. We survived, I hope. I hope this ages well over the next two days. We survived 2021. And uh, time to re-up and, and get after a new year, man. Any resolutions for you? I don't really do a lot of resolutions. Like I, I, I'm now into like stupid adult resolutions. Like last year was, I want, I'm going to be more active on LinkedIn. That's an important part of the job instead of like, Hey, I want to lose 10 pounds or I'm going to work out every day. The resolutions that, you know, people don't follow up on. Those are the ones I'm trying to avoid committing to. Yeah. I'd like to lose 10 pounds. Well, yeah, me too. I could maybe even go a little beyond 10 based on how I've lived for the last week and a half or so. All right. Would you believe, though, as we are in a new year, Sean said, uh, we are going to still be talking about a lot of the same stupid things we did for a good part of 2021. Let's get it going on here on Honorado and Bagnardi. This is Honorado and Bagnardi, brought to you by Outfit House. All right, Pegs, here we go. Like you said, the final show of 2021, but also the first show of 2022. Strange how that works out, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, But we are going to talk, as we do here on a Thursday, about the biggest thing happening this week, and that is on a Friday, of course, before we kind of get to some NFL news and some NBA news, which I can imagine you are chomping at the bit to talk about here. The biggest thing going on this week is the college football playoff semifinals. These are the only bowl games that I care about. I am off the, hey, we need to cancel bowl games. We don't need as many as we do. I have just avoided them. I can't. I probably have not watched more than three minutes of any single bowl game up to this point. Give me Cincy, Alabama. Give me Georgia, Michigan, and then I'll watch the title game. Other than that, I might sprinkle in a New Year's Day game here and there, but I don't care. Let them play as many as they want. I'm just not going to pay attention to them. Well, then why? Why play them then? If you don't care and you're a sports guy, why are we doing this? Why should anybody care? Because there's a ton of money that's still... I get it. Yeah. I know. I understand. And people watch, obviously. And for the... For the purest, bury your head in the sand kind of, it's like, well, it's good for the student athletes, right? Like, this is important to the players. And that is true. But if the colleges and universities weren't making any money off the bowl games, if there were no sponsors attached to these games, they would not play them. Of course not. And we've had this discussion many times. You know where I stand. Expand the playoffs. Make those games that people don't care about watching as much games people care about watching. That's all. Okay, um, these are the two we do care about, though, yeah. for now. I mean, a big number for Alabama, because since he is the non-Power 5 conference team to finally reach a playoff, first time that's ever happened, that a group of five has reached 
the final four, the semifinals here. And then Georgia on the other side, they're the lower seed, the three against Michigan, the two, but still more than a touchdown favorite for the Bulldogs here. Yeah, so you know, here we are at the end of a college football season, and we're looking at Alabama and Georgia. I mean, right? We Yeah, but at least there's no Clemson, right? There is no Clemson. I know, but at the end of the day, only two will be left standing, and it seems pretty clear that these are going to be the two, right? I mean, this is the way it's been heading. You think no. You think you think Michigan has a legitimate chance? I do. I think Michigan has a legitimate chance. Michigan has um, a pass rush that can be disruptive enough to mess with Georgia's offense, which is very limited, by the way. Uh, and and Michigan has the offensive line and run game to counter what Georgia's defense does so well. So like that that front. Four, especially for Georgia, but even if you want to include the front seven, I'll, I'll go there with you. That's what Georgia is so good at is stopping the run, but but that's what Michigan is so good at. It, to me, this is a great matchup here, and I'm glad it's the night game. Most people will really probably key in on that before the ball drops at midnight. Um, I think Michigan has a real chance here. I really do, Bags. I don't give Cincy any shot at all. Um, but I'm still curious to see how they match up for the first half or so against a Bama team that will ultimately cover that number, I think, without a problem. Okay, well, that's what I was going to ask you then. So what's the better bet you think Michigan to cover as opposed to Cincinnati, despite it being a much bigger number? If you're talking about an underdog, yes. But I think the lock here is Alabama covering. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I hope you're wrong because obviously Alabama-Georgia is – the much more enticing title game, is it not? I mean, yes. would you like to see that? I know the the SEC championship wasn't as close as it probably should have been or many thought it would be, but I still think that gives us the better matchup, despite the fact that we, you know, we've seen that game not that long ago, right? Um, and I would give Georgia a much better chance in that final game than I would Michigan. I just think it's a better matchup. I think they'd be coming out hungry, looking for revenge after what happened, and it would be a really good title game. But again, here we are kind of at the end of the year talking about these two teams. So, But you're right. This is now where if you haven't been locked in all year, this is where you lock in because these are the games to watch. And now you're doing it. I, ultimately, I think Bama wins. Ultimately, I do think Georgia wins. I just am not sure that they win by a touchdown or more. I think Michigan keeps this close. But ultimately, now you're doing what you always accuse me of doing oh. is making a point and then arguing against that point. You're telling me expand the playoffs. And then you're saying, well, but here we are again. And we're talking about the same old teams, Bama. And, and look, we've got Cincy and Michigan who are into the playoff for the first time in program history. Right. Um, so even if you expand this thing to eight, at the end of the day, are we not still talking about Alabama and Georgia? Well, maybe. But I'm saying, like, then at least these other bowl games that we don't care about as much become much more interesting games. I mean, you'd rather watch Bama against an even bigger underdog if it's a game that means something, it's an elimination game, it's a playoff game, as opposed to these two teams in the XYZ random bowl game that you don't care that much about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the, the best teams are going to be there or should be there, and, and that's okay. I'm saying give them a little bit more road to go through in terms of a, a postseason. 
And look, if they're the final team standing, then that's the way it is. But I'm speaking to sort of the larger issue of college football of like, you know, these big programs, I mean, this is kind of how it is um, where you're going to have them standing at the end. I mean, Alabama, like what's, is there an end in sight with Alabama? I mean, I know that obviously they're not going to go out there and win the championship every year, but it's like, I mean, this is a team and a program now, and that's how it is in, in college football, especially. I mean, in basketball too, but you know, you've got the big tournament, and a lot can happen. You know, with college football, it's like you get these programs that it's like a cycle, right? Because they become so successful, and then they're able to just stay good because of how successful they are and how much easier it becomes to recruit the best players, and then they just stay that good. And it's just not as enticing to me, obviously, as the NFL is. I mean, I know people love college football, but for me, it's like, boy, I don't know. It takes like decades for things to turn over. I agree. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I mean, uh, this was the year Bama was wasn't supposed to make it. Yeah, the way they played during the regular season, a lot of close calls. It was like, well, Bama's just not going to make it this year. And then, like you said, what happens in the SEC championship game? They not the fact that they won, but how they won surprised a lot of people. They put up four and, points. And here we forward. go again. They're the heavy favorites to win the national championship. Yeah, it'll take Nick Saban leaving, obviously, him retiring uh, for things to change. And I don't even know if they change immediately. That next head coach would have to be a little bit of a flop. Or recruits would have to say, ah, it isn't Saban anymore. I'm going somewhere else, but th- that's the only way it will change. As long as Nick Saban is the head coach there, Alabama will be the favorite every single year to win the national championship, right? I mean, going into the season. Yeah, probably. I mean, at least in the top two. And I don't even mean in the eyes of Vegas. If you just polled people, hey, yeah. I'm giving you 100 bucks. You spend it on one team. Who are you picking? They're going to pick Alabama. Right. And it's not like sort of the dynasty that you, know, you could say like with the Patriots – where you, you know, there was a time where you kind of have fatigue, I think, unless you're a fan of that team, where it's like, oh, here we go again. But of course, they still had to go through a regular season. Yeah. The other part of it, too, it's like in college football, a lot of these, these powerhouse teams, they wind up with regular, a handful of regular season games that are just a joke that they shouldn't even be really playing. Yeah, I would, I would argue that there are maybe only four games that truly. Matt, like you think, okay, they might lose this game. And Bama, that's not the case. It's two or three. Right. But, you know, for the powerful teams in college football, they play three, maybe four games a year where, like, ooh, this is a good one. They might struggle here. So, unless you're like a larger fan of, I mean, I I look at things sort of from the professional sports perspective where it's like, I want to have all these teams that are competing for one goal. And I guess if you change the perspective of that and just say, you know, teams are, are looking for different goals, right? They're trying to accomplish different things. And I think you can enjoy the sport a different way. I guess I'm just not wired that way. To me, it's all about the national championship. And, and that's just not realistic for as many college football teams in any given year as it is for, you know, NFL teams, for instance. Yeah, Saturday afternoon, uh, so if you're watching this Saturday night, it's already over. I will watch a little bit of the Notre Dame-Oklahoma State Bowl game because new head coach Marcus Freeman with Brian Kelly gone. But you're a Notre Dame guy, and you have been, and that's fine. They're like, that's your team. And it doesn't matter what happens in that game. And I won't be emotionally invested in any way, and I probably won't even watch the entire game, to be honest with you. Here's Nick's point. They could expand the playoff, then one loss doesn't necessarily end a team's chances. Some teams can lose a game. 
like Bama, others can't afford to. Yeah, true. And that's and look, that's the thing with Cincinnati and UCF before that, it was like, look, you've got to go undefeated, and even still, nothing's guaranteed. And while you do go undefeated, you've got to blow teams out. Yeah, you you need to get style points, which didn't always matter when just a computer was was figuring things out. But now that you've got people watching games and you've got a committee of people sitting in a room discussing these teams, you got to blow teams out. You have to win convincingly. And and that's kind of been the biggest problem or hurdle for these group of five schools to try to get into the playoff. And that's the argument for, for you know, that people will give you when you say expand the playoffs and want that. They'll say, look, the, the regular season kind of is the playoffs because of how important right. a single loss can be. But at the same time, it's like, is it really though? You know, like with these powerhouse teams, and then, so like then you get the SEC championship. Did that game even matter? Now, that's not even a regular season game. That's a championship game. Really, how important was that game? Because both of those teams are here, and if well, they win again, you know, okay, but it mattered because if Bama doesn't win, they're not here. It mattered for Bama. I get and it, it. And it mattered because if Georgia wins, they get Cincinnati, which is an easier road than Michigan. It mattered. It mattered. It mattered, but at the end of the day, when it when it's when it's said and done, here we are with these two teams still with the chance to compete for the championship. So yeah, it mattered. But you know, so my point is the emphasis on the regular season, like one loss can kill you. And that's true. But here we are even a conference championship, a, a loss in a conference championship for Georgia, and they can still be the champion because of how good they were the rest of the way. So it's like, eh, you know. If you're just hanging out at home, Bex, would you believe this? Listens are way up. Really? On this show. All you have to do, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we are on Amazon. So if you're hanging out at home and maybe you got a smart speaker for Christmas, all you have to do is tell Alexa, play the podcast on Arado and Bagnardi, and she will do exactly that. Listens are way up, which tells me really just one thing. And that People is that looking at us. Correct. People would rather listen, believe it or not, than watch. And, and I don't really blame them. Yeah. All right. Coming up here on the show, we still have our NFL pick presented by Pick 6 Vodka. Aaron Rodgers is talking about his future. Would you believe that? Do we spend enough time on that in 2021? We'll do it in 2022 as well. And Kyrie Irving is back practicing with the Brooklyn Nets. Does he put them over the hump as NBA title contenders? Will he even play in home games by the time we get to the playoffs to make a difference. We're talking about all that next year on Honorado and Bagnardi. If you're overweight, if you snore, don't wait for your next physical to find out you have sleep apnea. It could cost you your job. Call Dr. Frederick Dreher at the Integrative Sleep Center for a game-changing alternative in sleep apnea treatment and get a good night's rest. Teams. Athletes. organizations we're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose claim your crown 
Wondering what to do now that your Philips CPAP was recalled? Dr. Frederick Dreyer has a safe and effective alternative treatment for sleep apnea. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Keep your quality of life. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. We work with all insurances. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. And Bags, a shout out to all of our sponsors throughout the year on the show here. Alpenhouse, of course, our title sponsor. We're uh, at an Alpenhouse location each and every month. Uh, Pick Six Vodka, who jumped on with us for the NFL season. Saratoga Courage Distillery. Uh, they will continue with us in 2022 for March Madness. Uh, we'll even do a little bit of the PGA, the four majors, and the President's Cup, and some stuff with the FedEx Cup as well. So called FedEx Cup. I forget what they call it now. Um, and then we'll roll right back into, obviously, track season and the NFL season as well. Our guys from Novice who have outfitted uh, this show and some of our viewers, we will have hats and T-shirts that we'll be giving away in the new year. Keep an eye out for that. Nick and Garrett Bernardo, Marcellas, our guy Johnny Marcella, Nick Madalone, uh, at Marcellas Appliance Center in Schenectady and Clifton Park for helping us out here and the integrated integrative sleep center too. Um, Dr. Frederick Dreyer, you, you just saw their spots running in Boston spa. A lot of people, not just guys trouble sleeping, especially maybe this time of year, you overeat, maybe have a little too much to drink, right? This becomes, well, see, and just like in 2021, you muted your mic and you didn't unmute it. So there you go. There you go. Now you're back. Anyway, the Integrative Sleep Center, Dr. Frederick Dreher and Balsam Spa. Uh, check them out for your CPAP needs or even just a sleep test to figure out maybe how you can get a better night's sleep. And boy, do I need that these days with the, my schedule. Yes, exactly. So thanks to all of our sponsors here. Uh, Professional Fire Restoration, Dilla Gaff. Places who have been with us uh, at so, at certain points in the year, and the ones who are carrying over to 2022 as well. Yeah. What do you want me to say? You say all that no. nice stuff, and then you, yeah. it's like you set me up. Yeah. No. Of course, our sponsors are great. First of all, even if they weren't, we would say they were. Who are we kidding? We're, we're, we're yeah. sellouts, but we don't have to be because they are all great. There. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yes. Happy okay. enough with you. Yeah. All right. So here's the deal on Aaron Rodgers. He spoke on Wednesday um, about his future. And he says, it won't be something where I'll drag it out for months and months. Sure. Well, well we're talking about it in December. I'm sure we'll be talking about it in March. And that pluralizes the word month. This will go on for a few months. I don't know how quickly he'll make a decision. Uh, I don't know that it will really matter what the Packers end up doing this season in terms of team success. But the belief that there's going to be a quick resolution on this, Shawnee, I just don't see it. I mean, he, I guess he could quickly come out and say, I want to be traded or I want to be retired or I'm, or I'm going to retire. But I just, I just don't see it, man. The only reason it wouldn't to me, I agree with you. The only reason that it wouldn't is now because he has said this and uh, somebody, you know, he's going to have that pressure. Now people are going to say to him, wait a minute, you said this wasn't going to go on for a month. So once it starts getting a little bit long, uh, yeah. he might feel the pressure. But yeah, I mean, look, say December to March, I assume he's saying, look, he's not going to drag it out for months after they play their final game this season, whenever that is. So, 
you know, whatever the timetable winds up being. This is also kind of vague. Not going to drag it out for months and months. Right. So what does that mean? Six months? Four months? I mean, look, yes, you're going to have to make a decision on your future at some point. The question is, what's that decision going to be? I mean, that's the bigger question. Um, how much of what happens the rest of this season do you think will play a role in what he ultimately decides to do? You know what? I want to I want to say there's really no bearing on his decision based on this year's success, unless they flame out in the playoffs. I mean, if they lose in the NFC Championship game again, does he say, okay, I'm, I'm out of here? Because he, here's the thing, like even if they win the Super Bowl, it, couldn't you then make the argument that, well, like, you know what? Um, I've, I've won twice here. Let me see if I can go do it somewhere else. So I don't, I really don't think the level of success, unless they are one and done in the playoffs, matters too much in what Rodgers decides here. He, he, he's the type of guy that, well, first of all, Don, Devontae Adams is going to have a lot to say about this. If Devontae Adams decides to leave as a free agent, then I think Aaron Rodgers is gone too. I, I don't see Rodgers coming back without Adams. I could see Adams making his decision first. Yeah. But for me, if you're Rodgers, like he just seems like a guy where he feels that he needs to be respected by the Packers organization. And based on his comments this week, it sounds like that relationship has changed a little bit. Um, but is it still good enough where he's like all lovey-lovey with this group and now I want to come back and finish my career here? Probably not. But But I would, here's my last thought on it here, is that even if they win the Super Bowl, to me, why not stay and finish your career here? It's it, There are more NFL quarterbacking legends who don't play their career in one place. And so while people give that the as the argument to, well, other guys, Namath and Montana and now Brady and Favre and all these other guys, they played with multiple teams. Yeah, but to me, that's the argument as to why you don't do it. While you stay with Green Bay, while you try to get that second ring that Favre couldn't get, that Bart Starr has, you know, can you become really just inarguably the greatest quarterback in Green Bay Packers history? That, for me, is, is what Rodgers should have an eye on, not let me go somewhere else where I might also be able to win. Yeah, I think, I think the number of championships you know, is just far more important than if you get one in a different place. So I think he should just look at it as, and it, and it might matter. I mean, I think if they, I think if they win one, then he'll be, then he's more likely to stay. If they don't win, then I think he's, he's, he's going to reassess. Okay. Where is my next best option to win another ring? Again, if he gets one here, he could still make the decision that to win the third one would be somewhere else. I just think that's less likely to happen. And if they lose, then he's going to really look at everything and say, where's my best chance to win one. Now, while I am still, you know, probably the best quarterback in the game, certainly a top two or three guy, you'd have to say. Um, so I, I think he probably ends up staying if they win. And if they don't, but, but the, the thing is, like, then still, where is the best option, right? And if if they don't win, but then Adams stays and the team looks like it could be 
in pretty good shape. I mean, they've got a very good record this year. They could still be the favorites in the NFC heading into next season with just a change or two, even if they don't win in the playoffs this year. So I don't know. He's more likely to stay, win or lose, this year, I think. Oh, here you go. You're going to ask the question right now. Um, I like multiple choice. C is out, right? There's no way he's retiring. I don't think so. Yeah. So I'm going to say he's just such a weird guy, man. He's got such a, a big ego. The let me, th- let, me, let me throw this into it. His contract with Green Bay is through 2022. He's got one more year on his deal with Green Bay. They voided that 2023 season as part of their off-season negotiations to try to make him happy. So he's under team control for one more year, which is to both, it's really more to Green Bay's benefit because they can trade him and say, you've got another year of the guy, work things out after that between yourselves. Um, But it also maybe signals that he's got one more year in Green Bay in him. For some reason, I, I'm feeling like if they don't win the Super Bowl, he will drag it out and will ultimately leave. But I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to say he'll be he'll be in a Packers uniform. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I think he's still with the Packers next year. Okay. And I'm not as convinced uh, as I would have been in June and July that he won't end his career in green bay i i think he's with the packers in 2022 and and maybe even beyond that sam checking in good morning sam happy new year belated merry christmas carol as well yes we both had a good holiday hope you did too uh as well carol as we get ready for uh the new year here i'm i'm fired up for the two games on friday um which is kind of the perfect spot i don't know i mean People are watching football at 7.30 on New Year's Eve night, right? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, Absolutely. I think so too. Over the, the what do you even call them? The, the pre-game, yeah. the pre-ball drop shows, people are watching football. Let me tell you something. That stuff is largely unwatchable. I know. You flip over at 10 off. I know. Yeah. Nick says, yeah, Rogers, A. Good options out there. Oh, no real good options out there. So, you know, Denver got all the play in the offseason. Like, oh, it'll be the Broncos – now it, the Steelers have picked up a lot of steam. The Colts are an interesting option mm. if they move on from Carson Wentz. There are options out there better than Green Bay with Devontae Adams. Yeah. That Again, he is the X factor here. Devontae Adams is the X factor. If, if Adams decides he wants to leave in free agency, that will signal an end, I think, to, to Rodgers' time. I mean, you got to trade Joe Burrow for Rodgers, right? <laughs> yeah, wait till Nick reacts to that. All right, Irving is back with the Nets bags. He can practice. He can't play games in New York City. So if they're at home or if they're playing at the Garden, no go. I don't believe they have any games left on the schedule at Golden State, right? That was the only other t- and and he can't and he can't go to Toronto and play. Yeah. Everything else is on the table for Kyrie Irving. How about did you read some of the quotes from his press conference on Wednesday? where he sounded like a different guy, humbled, and he used the word here, grateful. Yeah, okay. Buying any of that? Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> this, this is like, 
Kyrie and Rogers are almost uh, two peas in a pod here with these guys where it's like, you don't know what to believe what they say. I feel like they're both selfish guys. Um, Look, Kyrie, the Nets, despite having the best record in the Eastern Conference, despite um, dealing with uh, all of the issues that they have with guys being out with COVID protocol, you know, they're – they're pretty good right now, but the, the glaring issue this season is that they are much, much worse when they play teams over 500. This is a team right now that will destroy teams they're supposed to beat, but then it's really 50-50 when they're in those matchups against the really good teams, which, of course, is what the playoffs is all about. So as happy as I am where they are in the standings and how they have looked despite not being at full strength, I still have concerns about this team. Obviously, you add Kyrie Irving into the mix, it changes everything. Um, I know they were worried about at the beginning, well, if you can't be um, a full-time, if you can't be a full-time player, we're not going to let you be a part-time player. Now they're changing that, which I don't like. I don't agree with that decision, just from the COVID side of things, not from the side of things like, well, it's going to mess up our chemistry. I mean, I think You'd rather have him than not have him, and to hell with the chemistry. I mean, okay. So, what what is what do you mean from the COVID side of things? The <laughs> fact that the fact that he may spread it amongst the team. The fact yeah. that he's not he's not vaccinated, right? right? We know that that hasn't changed. So for me, it's like, what's the difference where he where he plays? Like, if he's going to be around guys on the road. You know, if he's going to go play against the Celtics in Boston and play and be banging bodies with everybody on that team and have close contact with everybody on his team, there's no difference if he plays at home or on the road. That's just a city mandate, whereas I think that should be a league mandated thing. So from that from that side of it, I don't think he should be out there. And I don't think he should be out there because of how selfish he's been and because he hasn't been a team first guy. And now it does add into the mix that issue you brought up. Well, what happens if this mandate is still in place come playoff time? I mean, tell me he's not going to play home games. I mean, if that's the case, you might as well go throw games in the regular season because you'd be better off as a seven or eight seed because you, you, you're you a better team with him on the floor on the road than you are without him at home. So You'd have to petition to Adam Silver to play your home games elsewhere, that, and that would never happen. But you yeah. brought it up earlier on the show that, like, earlier in the year that go play your playoff game somewhere else. Yeah. Play him somewhere else. Yeah, play him. You know, they've done a lot of throwback stuff this year with the old school uniforms. Right. Go back to the, uh, I'll call it Continental Airlines Arena. Maybe yeah, you could get them to have a temporary sponsorship uh, just as a throwback. But, like, yeah, th- this they, they need him because they need bodies. But they need him because he's Kyrie Irving yes. when you look at – the chances of, of winning a title. And that that hasn't changed. Obviously, this team as a big two with Harden and Durant can do a lot of damage. And they can they can go deep into the playoffs. I still don't think they can win it all without all three guys. It would be very odd and I think ultimately a failure on their part if, if you get to the playoffs and he's only playing in road games. I don't know if that's enough for them to win. That would be because strange. then you look at the chemistry issues. I mean, then then teams are can really prepare for you yeah. a certain way. And when you get into a seven game series against you know a team like Milwaukee or something, it just 
You got to have them out there. And even if they do get to the finals, we just mentioned it, it, the same mandate, vaccination mandate is in place if the Warriors were hosting games one, two, five, and seven. Or, you know, like then then you're playing without them both. He can't play in the series at all. Right. Talk about chemistry issues at that point. I mean, then that's, yeah. This is this is a weird one. I mean, this is obviously such an unprecedented thing where a guy could only be allowed to play road games. The one advantage I'll say to all of it is that everybody should be rested. I mean, he's going to be a rested guy only playing in these games, and maybe in those games you give Harden, you know, some some more time on the bench. This team, with everything that's going on, I mean, we look at it at the end of the year, how many miles the, the guys have on their legs, and and it really is such a grind in the playoffs although Durant has played a lot of minutes this season. Um, I mean, this could be a very well-rested team. Yeah, Steve Nash, has, Steve Nash has said that it's just not realistic to continue to play KD at the minutes uh, he is playing. Here are some possible return games for Irving. Now, Nash also said Irving needs to practice for like two weeks before he can even see the floor in game time because he's just not in playing shape. So January 5th feels early. Yeah. Then they're not on the road again until the 12th at Chicago. I still think January 17th, Bags, might be the first time you see him. That's the start of a four-game road trip for Brooklyn. So you could get him into uh, – maybe he sees a little bit of time in Chicago just to kind of get his legs under. But you're still then going to say, hey, now you've got to sit for another week. Uh, to me, it feels like the 17th is the natural place to start him. Uh, and he can play four straight road games then for Brooklyn. Right. Sam points out, you know, he could test positive again and uh, positive and, and miss games. I mean, that's that's another side of it too. Is being unvaccinated, you're you're obviously more likely to. But the NFL is changing. The NFL is adopting what the CDC is saying here in a lot of ways, and and the NFL is not looking at vaccinated guys and unvaccinated guys differently anymore. Carson Wentz is going to be a prime example. Tested unvaccinated player. Tested positive on Tuesday. Will he play Sunday? And that's a perfect segue into our NFL Pick'em segment, which is coming up here on Honorado and Bagnardi, presented by Saratoga Courage Distillery and Pick 6 Vodka. We've got our six games on the slate. We've got our predictions coming up. And I'm taking a different approach this week at Sean's recommendation to try to gain some ground on the viewer with only a few weeks to go. Our NFL Pick'em, presented by Pick 6 Vodka, next, right here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Get outside and play this winter with Alpenhaus. We have Vocal, Atomic, Nordica, Blizzard, LipTech, GNU, K2, and more stock arriving daily. Check out our selection of snowshoes and cross-country, too. Perform better with a fresh tune from our in-house experts and the Wintersteiger Mercury Tuning Machine. Alpenhaus, your source for fun for 57 years. Amsterdam and Clifton Park Center. At Marcello's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Gen Air, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. 
And now, your weekly NFL Pick'em. Presented by Pick 6 All right, Bags, our NFL Pick'em, which we do each and every week here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Shout out to the Saratoga Courage Distillery Squad for being part of this segment each and every week. How did we do last week, Bags? Not terribly, no, but we lost. We lost. again, we took another loss. Yep. So I was three and three. You were three and three. The viewer was four and two. Mm. I, I We've lost like... It feels like four straight weeks. I don't know what the number is exactly. I'm two games over 500. You're still 10 under. The viewer is now 12 over 500. Yikes. Yeah. Can that be right? How can that be right? It is right. Because, uh. because it's been... Well, there was one week where it was just a complete disaster. That really shaked everything up. Like you... You lost... You went like one in five, and the viewer went five or, or straight. Right. So that was I'm it. Checking the, I'm checking the numbers. I, ca- I, I cannot believe that that's right. All right. Here are our games this week. And we've gone away from the awful Giants and Jets of picking those terrible teams every week on the show. Let's pick the good games, the games that matter here. Okay. And this is a fun one a one o'clock kick in Cincinnati Chiefs. Hottest team in football, Bengals, team that can win the AFC North here. Yeah, and the Chiefs go in as road favorites, five yeah. and a half. You take this one first. Oh, well, let's do this first. Okay. Our viewer is Pasquale Giovanni. Okay. And he's taken the Chiefs to cover the five and a half here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. Pasquale says, I'm taking the Chiefs. And I said, you know what? I'm taking the Bengals. I'm glad I picked this way. So I'm on Cincinnati. You're on Kansas City. I, as we said, don't know these picks before I make them, but I tried to think differently than what the viewer might do. So give me the Bengals here. Okay. The row, uh, the the home dog, five and a half. They'll cover this. They'll keep it close. They can score points. And they might lose 34-31, but I'm not putting it out of the realm of possibility that they could win this game. So let me get this straight. You are now picking the Bengals because you would normally pick the Chiefs, and now you're making the argument as to how it maybe could work out in your favor. Okay. I mean, this is unbelievable. So I'm going to then pick the team that you also think will win this game, the Chiefs. Um... Look, I'm, I'm with you about this, though. A home team getting points, and it's a good home team, right? So that's nice. That's a nice spot to be in in the NFL. The Chiefs are just too good. And, I, and they've been so hot. I think they're the better team. I think they're going to win the game. And if they're going to win the game, I would assume it's going to be by a touchdown at least. So the five and a half didn't scare me off, although it's not the worst spot to be in for you. Bengals in a blowout, of course. <laughs> Chiefs can't cover Chase, T, and Boyd, or stop Mixon and Burrow. I'll say this, Nick. If it is a blowout, it's not going to be a good day for you. Yeah, you're right about that. Sam wants to know, do we have enough swag to give away for everyone that has beaten us? Does pick six have enough? That's That's the the question. question. 
We're running them out. They're losing money on this sponsorship. Exciting announcement coming up here uh, at the end of this segment about something we are uh, we're doing with Pick Six in the new year, which I'll tell you about. And I did tell their guy Adam we might need some more Pick Six stuff the way this is going this year. All right, the next game: Dolphins and Titans. Mm-hmm. Dolphins are the first team in NFL history to lose seven straight and win seven straight in the same season. Of course, they used to play 12 and 14. Now it's only 16, 17. So difficult to have a 14-game stretch like that. Miami has done it. They are 8-7 and in the thick of the playoff hunt, and Tennessee can obviously still win that division and host a home game come playoff time. Let's do Pasquale's pick here first. And he says the Dolphins go on the road and... Maybe not outright win, but at least keep this thing within a field goal. And I agree with him. I am taking the Dolphins as well here, Chris. Um, This is one, you know, is Derrick Henry playing this week? No. So for me, you mentioned how hot the Dolphins are. I think they're going to keep this thing rolling here and do enough to cover that. It's a small number, but I actually am predicting them to win the game here. Mm. Okay, I think Tennessee wins. I think Miami comes back down to earth in a big way. I made this selection with my head, Mm. thinking that Tennessee would, no matter what you guys would do otherwise. Um, So I like Tennessee to win here. I like them to cover the three and a half. I don't think, although I did pick Miami to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year, I'm I'm going against that because I think Tua is not going to be enough to win this game. You're very confusing me because – you said, this week I'm going to do it different. Game one, I'm, I did it different. This one, nah, I just did, did the old way. And there's and there, and there are a couple more where I just did it the old way here. Too. It worked out. It worked out. It did work out, yeah. So that's good. Yeah. yeah, I won't complain. Okay. All right, game three on the slate for us. Raiders, Colts. We talked about Carson Wentz earlier in the show here. Will he play Sunday or not? Yeah. Vegas has kind of taken it off the board at certain sports books. We still have it here. Minus seven and a half. Now, if it isn't Wentz, there was a report out there that the Colts checked in with Philip Rivers to see if he could come back and play this. I mean, Andrew Luck wasn't available. Yeah. It'll be Sam Ellinger if it isn't Carson Wentz. Yeah. So, Raiders and Colts, it's a big number, not knowing who the quarterback's going to be. But Pasquale says, give me the home team, another red hot team. And that's Indianapolis. I would imagine he feels like Jonathan Taylor can handle things on his own. I guess so. I mean, yeah, home team with the points here. I'm taking Vegas. You mentioned it. You mentioned it um, with the status. You want to change your pick. I'm taking the Colts. You want to change your pick. No, no. You know what? I can't change it. I I thought I had, had picked Vegas in this one, but yeah, you can't go back on it now. That would be well, bad. Check. Maybe maybe we've got the graphic wrong. No, 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 no. I think it's right. That would be bad juju for me to change. So I'm okay. I'm gonna stay with the Colts here. Then that's fine. Home, give me the home team. Give me the points. I'll just have to hope Wentz plays. And honestly, if he does then I think I'm in, in a good spot. Um, it was just a question mark of that, you know, it was, was making me think about it. But this is a this is a fine spot, just like I said earlier, home team and points. 
Uh, we're three games into this thing. You and our viewer are in lockstep. Oh, I they're not giving points, though. They're giving points. Yeah, you, yeah you're oh, giving. Jeez. Yeah, no. All right, I'm staying with the Colts. You want to check your so you want to check your submission to make sure you actually pick no, the Colts because what if you pick yeah. the Raiders? No, no, that's all right. That's all right. Keep. All right, we're on to the Broncos and the Chargers here. A monster game for the AFC West standings. The Chiefs will obviously win that division. Uh, they've locked yeah. it up, in fact. So if the Chargers want to get in for all the promise they have shown at times this season, obviously a huge game. Herbert and the Chargers bags at home. Do they get it done? Pasquale says yes, and they will cover the six and a half. Where are you I, on this game? I agree. I think if you if if you're gonna win, you're gonna win by a touchdown. They're the better team. You're you're on the Broncos. Why? Now I'm trying to figure this out. You're on the Broncos because you're on the Chargers. I'm on the Broncos because I figured our viewer would be on the Chargers here. It's it's not a full touchdown, so certainly L.A. could win this thing. The Broncos don't have Teddy Bridgewater. It'll be Drew Locke. Another kind of strike maybe against Denver covering this spread. But I'll, I'll say that it's a divisional game. Broncos are still in this thing technically. Yeah. They'll they'll find a way to keep this game close. Now, the, my Raiders pick from a game ago – Vegas plays a lot of close games. So yeah. even if Wentz plays, I, I feel confident they'll they'll keep it within a touchdown. This one, I'm just going opposite because I think it's an opportunity for me to make up a game. That's as simply put as I, I – if, if you pin me down and you said Locke is playing for Denver, who wins this game? It's in L.A. I would, I would pick the Chargers to cover the six and a half. But I need to make up some ground here, so I'm on Denver. So of all the games you took the opposite of what you might normally take, is this the one you're least confident about? Might be Cincinnati. Okay. All right. <laughs> then of course, might be Cincinnati. Here's the game of the week. Cardinals and Cowboys. Arizona's scuffling. And, and I'm telling you, it all links back to the DeAndre Hopkins injury. This offense has been far from explosive or impressive or whatever word you want to attach to it without Hopkins. And Murray has really struggled without his number one target. Now you're going to Dallas, a team that can still get the number one seed in the NFC and a team that has put up a ton of points here after all the talk of, you know, is Dak Prescott in a slump? Yeah. And so you're telling me Dallas favored, not even by a full touchdown here, just five and a half. Pasquale says give him the Cowboys and Dallas to keep things rolling here to go to what would be 12 and four and to cover five and a half. Where are you bags? Well, I'm on the Cardinals. I know you said you've mentioned how they have faltered here, but this is still a, a really good team. Murray is still a good player. They're due for a bounce back. This is a huge game that, that they, they're going to get up for. I'm not saying they're going to win. But I think this will be a tight game that could come down to a field goal at the end um, for Dallas. So I'll, I'll I'll take the Cardinals and some points here on the road. Okay. I'm going to take the Cowboys pass rush. I'm going to take the offense that has been on fire lately. 
And I'm also going to try to learn a lesson from the past where I've picked against this Dallas team the last few weeks. I'm now on the Cowboys. This isn't a game where I could make up some ground on our viewer, but I, I was, I was thinking it would be viewed like, hey, Dallas has come back down to earth a little bit here. Maybe the way you're looking at it, even with what Arizona's doing. Vikings and Packers, Sunday night game. Green Bay, not a full touchdown here. They did lose to Minnesota earlier this year on the road, and now here they are at home at Lambeau, Sunday night football, minus six and a half. Pasquale says, give him the pack in this one, Bags. Of course. And we're all on Green Bay. I mean, look, this is one where if you wanted to go opposite, you had a real chance because this is the most obvious pick of the week. You knew our guest picker. You knew I had to take the Packers here. This is Aaron Rodgers on Sunday Night Football, prime time, at home. Come on. They're going to win this game by more than a touchdown. So that number does not scare me at all. Minnesota, I, I know I know they can give Green Bay fits. They're not going into Lambeau and, and winning this game. And, and certainly Green Bay will, will win by it more than a touchdown. I think so, too. Uh, Adam Thielen to the IR. Um, big deal there, but Dalvin cook does come back for Minnesota. That green Bay run defense has been really bad lately. The only way Minnesota wins this game and, or keeps it close is if Dalvin cook just absolutely goes off. All right. Here's how they stack up this week. Pasquale's on the chiefs bags. You're on the chiefs. I'm on the Bengals. Yeah. Pasquale's on the Colts. You're on the Colts. I'm on the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Pasquale's on the Dolphins. You're on the Dolphins. I'm on the Titans. Pasquale's on the Chargers. You're on the Chargers. I'm on the Broncos. Yeah. Pasquale and I both have the Cowboys. You're alone with Arizona, and then we're all on Green Bay. So I've got four of the six where I am opposite the viewer. We're going to win this week because I think – I think Pascal is in the worst spot to be in of any guest picker this season. Ooh. Here's the deal. If the Cardinals win, I got it. Right? If the Cardinals win, I got it. Because I got five out of six right. all between the team. That's the only opposite one. Yep. Let's yep. say Dallas wins. Then you've got so many chances to take him down. What's right? Up to see? Well, I understand that. But, but basically, one game – can take him down for me. And then if if things just go really south on the other predictions, then then he's in trouble there too. We'll find a way to lose. I, I'm, I'm confident of that. But I think he's in a tough spot. You're good at identifying quickly the one game that swings the entire day. Yeah. And that's so that. really all, all we have to do is watch Dallas, Arizona almost. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right, when we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, uh, we are remembering John Madden, and we're mm-hmm. also looking ahead to 2022. Bags and I will make a couple of predictions in sports, I think. I don't know what Bags' prediction is, but I think I think it pertains to sports here in the new year. We're back right after this on Honorado and Bagnardi. Teams. Athletes. organizations 
We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. Get outside and play this winter with Alpenhaus. We have Vocal, Atomic, Nordica, Blizzard, LipTech, GNU, K2, and more stock arriving daily. Check out our selection of snowshoes and cross-country, too. Perform better with a fresh tune from our in-house experts and the Wintersteiger Mercury Tuning Machine. Alpenhaus, your source for fun for 57 years. Amsterdam and Clifton Park Center. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhaus. All right, Bags. Sad news, obviously, in the world of sports came as a surprise to a lot of people in sports, and that was the death of John Madden, an absolute legend, not just on the field for his Super Bowl championship as a coach, but also in the broadcast booth. And then, I mean, shaping the way we play video games and the next generation, there were there are people who would watch this now and not know a lot about John Madden as having won a Super Bowl as a coach or maybe even being a broadcaster, but they play his video game each and every single day of their lives, pretty much. Um, sad news, but man, what what, a, what an icon across so many different platforms within the sport of football. Yeah, we're that middle generation where it's like, you know, it's it was coach, then broadcaster, then and there was overlap, obviously, with yeah. video game stuff. But for us being in the middle, don't really remember him as a coach, but thankful enough to remember him as such a great broadcaster and not know him just for the video games. But what a career, man, to be able to be in all of those things, right? And to really have a a football life was the way he wanted it and um you know never really heard anybody say a bad thing about the guy so seems like he was that guy you saw on tv behind the scenes as well just a genuine guy who loved the game seemed like he was very fun to be around and uh certainly a loss i mean 85 yeah it's a good run but um when it's a surprise like that i mean you know 85 is isn't what he used to be. I mean, you could view that uh, a little bit younger now than, you know, 85 was 10 years ago, right? I mean. He and Pat Summerall, you know, they were the soundtrack of a big NFL game. No um, that, that, that that takes on a different meaning for the next generation. But for me, that was Thanksgiving Day, Summerall mm-hmm. and Madden, the turducken and all that. Yeah. Um, Summerall and Madden were the Big, they had the biggest games, and now you could argue it's Buck Aikman or Nance Romo, however you you watch it. Um, but man, for so long, those were the guys in the NFL. You just automatically associated games, and it was different too. Like we didn't have the NFL package, you didn't have the NFL Red Zone, no. so you were watching them each and every single Sunday. Yeah, and then to Madden on Monday Night Football, and then Sunday Night. Yeah. Football, you know, I remember him doing games without Michaels, yep. um, and that was that was great too. He always brought. He was kind of that. I don't want to say Tony Romo before Tony Romo for for younger viewers to kind of have somebody to compare to, but he was a guy who could really break down a play 
in a way that helped, you know, a, a novice viewer kind of understand things. I think that gets lost here is because he was such a character um, and and he talked about ridiculous things in the broadcast booth, right? Like he had yeah. he had some Charles Barkley in him before Barkley was doing games or or was in a studio. But yeah, he also obviously was a, he was a great coach, Hall of Fame coach, so he knew the game is as well as anybody too. So it wasn't like he just was a character up there to to try to get people to watch over some of the ridiculous things uh, he might say. But man, what you said it, what a football life John Madden had, 85 years old. All right, our predictions for 2022 bags. I say there will be no COVID protocols in pro sports starting with the NFL season in 2022. None. We are already trending in that direction where – the CDC has come down from 10 days to five days. The NFL has, says, has said we're not going to treat vaccinated differently than unvaccinated or vice versa. And the NBA has said we are moving forward. I think by the fall of next year, while we will still have vaccines and boosters and COVID will be part of the everyday lexicon, pro sports will no longer adhere to strict COVID protocols where if you test positive, you can't play. So all of the current seasons, well, we're going to see and baseball the end. And I was going to ask, so in baseball too. Okay. So you're saying with the stars that the NFL will lead the way on this by the time next season starts in September. I think so. Yep. Okay. Look, I hope you're right. Um, that would be wonderful. I, I think ultimately we have to get there. You might be a little bit early on that. You might be a year early mm. um, because there might still be some protocols in place. But I hope you're right. As you said, we're certainly trending the right direction. It's just a question of how long it takes. My prediction for next year, the New York Metropolitans are going to win the division, Chris. Um, so I know after they went out and got Scherzer, I told you, look, this isn't enough. And it's still not enough. But I think this, in conjunction with the show Walter move, really speaks to the bigger picture thing of they're going to go for it. So I say they're not done. And I think what they by they might be done before this before the start of the season, but certainly not before the trade deadline. Right. I think this team will make a push and the team that takes the field at the end of the season, hopefully in the playoffs, will be improved from where they are now. Um, but even at the end of the season there, that stretch run will be enough to get them to win the division over your Braves. Okay. And over the Phillies. And over the Phillies. Okay. Yeah, look, the Braves need to figure out what is happening with Freddie Freeman before yeah. I can make a, any kind of prediction about what they might do in 2022. I need to know who the heck is playing first base for the Atlanta Braves. Thanks for hanging out with us all year long, everybody on Honorado and Bagnardi. Enjoy the new year. Happy 2022. We'll see you next week.